Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports, and my co-host, Sean Smith, who is not here today. Uh, we could not get these schedules hammered down for this week, but uh, we will be back in full force, both of us, next week. Um, until then, I am here to talk with you about Preds and Preds hockey. Uh, a little bit of a shorter episode today, but I have a few important things to talk about because if you haven't noticed... This Predators team is in dire straits right now. Um, they are 3-5-1. and one. They sit in sixth place in the Central. And even though they had, yes, a very good win over St. Louis on Thursday at home, 6-2 win, that was really impressive, they just really do not look like a team that has figured out anything in the first nine games. Um, they have eked out a couple of wins a couple over, you know, a bad shark, uh, Sharks team. And then their most impressive win, their only their third win, is uh, was, was Thursday against St. Louis. Um, don't want to take anything away from that. They played very well. St. Louis, I will say, was tired on the back end of a back, uh, second half of a back-to-back. And uh, they did not look like a team that had um, a lot of energy late in the game. But the Preds still won. So the Predators are... Just there, there's a lot of things going wrong, and t- today I, I really want to talk about three things specifically, and these are three things that to me do not make any sense. I cannot understand. I do not understand these three things. They are baffling to me. I don't get why these things haven't happened or why they have happened in in specific cases. Um, and so I want to talk about those things today. Three things that do not make sense about the Predators right now. And I want to start with one that probably most of you are experiencing, your confusion. And that is about Ellie Tolvanen. That I do not really understand at all why Ellie Tolvanen has been healthy scratched two games in a row. So against Philadelphia last Saturday, well not last Saturday, but the Saturday game against Philadelphia. Ellie Tolvin had a season-low 13 minutes on ice. He had three shots on goal. He had three hits. The Predators lost 3-1. to one. He, was, he wasn't the worst player on the team. He didn't have a great game, uh, but his, his time on ice was the lowest of the season. And, you know, I, I think most people would have thought that, you know, maybe the Predators should switch things up against Philadelphia, uh, following against Philadelphia. But I don't think anyone would have ever predicted that Ellie Tolvanen, who had three points in the first three games for the Predators, a goal and two assists, um, would have been the the result, that he would have gotten scratched as a result. So he gets scratched for the Blues game, which, as I mentioned, was a 3-2 to two win for the Preds. And then he is scratched for the Capitals game, a 3-0 loss. So the biggest question here is, what happened? What happened to Ellie Tolvanen? He was among the best skaters in the first three to four games. He was playing extremely well at both ends of the ice, which, as we all know, is the most important thing for John Hines. If, if you're not good defensively, you will come out of the lineup. Uh, he was very good in that respect. He was he was among the among the team. He was doing very well in terms of not allowing a ton of chances. Um, maybe he wasn't getting a ton of chances, but he was not he was not allowing a ton either. So that's that's one thing. And, and talking about in the first three or four games, he was matched with 
Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter for much of that. And then that line just kind of fell apart. And there's really no explanation as to why. Uh, they seem to have a lot of chemistry in the preseason for sure. And then in the and then in the regular season, they got off to a really good start. And then they just stopped. And it, it, there, there's no real explanation. Maybe one of the other things I'm going to talk about today is part of it. But there, there's really no explanation as to why. I, I think... Ellie Tolvanen right now makes the least amount of sense on anything with this team because I don't get why Hines seems to favor certain players. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Cole Smith, who do just as little <laughs> as anyone else. Maybe they're good in in one respect. Maybe they're they're physical and they're big, but they just don't do anything on the ice that makes you think. I mean, Cole Smith had like what what did he have like two or three breakaways the other day? Didn't score? What if that's Ellie Tolvanen out there? I bet Ellie Tolvanen scores on one of those breakaways. I mean, I I feel pretty confident that Ellie Tolvanen, given him, give him two breakaways, he's going to score on one of them. So Ellie Tolvanen saying all the right things. I have a clip, a real, a real quick clip right here. This is Ellie Tolvanen after practice. This was, uh, this was like a week and a half ago. Um, of him talking about what it's going to take to get this team out of out of the, the early slump. Uh, here was Ellie Tolman in after practice. Uh, you know, it's the normal everyday practice. We have to show up and, you know, work as hard as you can. I feel like uh, we took a lesson from those last two games. That they, they outwork us on those games, and I don't. I feel like the team that we have right here, it's not going to happen again. I think we have that kind of characters here that, uh, you know, we knew that we have to play play hard. We have to be the guy, be the team that is soft to play against if we want to win this league. So he's saying all the right things, and you know we'll see what happens on this trip to Western Canada. I don't really get it, but I, I, you know, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he if he plays again on on Tuesday uh, against um, Edmonton. There, there's there's really no need to not put him in there. I mean, he's got a lot of skill. He's he's healthy, presumably, and he's ready to go. So I think probably seeing him against Tuesday against Edmonton on Tuesday would be. A good idea. Okay, the second thing that doesn't make any sense to me, and this has been coming for a, a, a week or so, is John Hines' impatience when it comes to line combinations. So in the past, we've seen coaches jumble things around from time to time. I, you know, I, I get that it can be maddening for fans, especially for fans who follow very close attention to you know who's playing with who. Um, because, you know, you see a line together early in the game. By the second period, there's a couple switches. By the third period, it's totally different. You know, maybe the coaches are seeing something that needs fixed right away, and there's like an emergency. we got to fix that because that's not working. Or maybe there's just a matchup they want to exploit. You know, I'm not really paying attention to what other teams are doing all the time, so maybe the other teams are switching their lines up too. Uh, I don't think that's the case because it's just not usually done that much, especially to the extent that Hines seems to be doing it. And and I'm talking about within a period, there will be line switches. And it's not just because there's been a, a, a special teams bonanza where there's power pu- power plays and penalty kills and they have, to, they have to switch guys around. Sometimes that happens. Totally get that. Guys have been out there on the penalty kill for a lot. They're, they're tired legs. You got to get um, a new combination out there. Especially someone like, you know, a Jakob Trenin. He goes out there for a ton of penalty kill minutes. 
the herd line has to be split up because you know Sissons and and Janot might be fresh, but 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 Trenton isn't. So, it, anyways, you got to you got to figure that out too. But um, this is not what that's not what I'm talking about here. There's been there's been times where they've had plenty of opportunity to get lines back together, and they've just switched it up even within the period. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, switching within a game so much from the start of the game to the end of the game. And I have an example here. So Saturday against Washington, against the Capitals, the forward lines switched. It was such an extreme switch because here was the here were some of the lines at the beginning, and then here's what they changed into. At the beginning, Forsberg, Johansson, and Duchesne were together. By the end, it was Forsberg, Johansson, and Niederreiter. The Niederreiter, Glass, Granlund line. So Glass got remember that Glass got sort of bumped up to a top six role. Well, that lasted about a period. Uh, Niederreiter, Glass, and Granlund became Sanford, Granlund, Duchesne. So Granlund, Niederreiter's gone. He's on the other line. Granlin gets moved back to center, and Duchesne comes down to the right wing on the on the second line. The herd line stayed intact, although, like I already mentioned, it's been broken up several times. A lot of that is because those guys put a lot of minutes in the penalty kill, and let's face it, the Predators spent a lot of time on the penalty kill. So the herd line stayed intact on Saturday um, somehow, but then Sm- the, the Smith-McCarran-Sanford line, which admittedly doesn't make any sense... Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, Zach Sanford. I mean, those guys are in the right position. They're just not very good. I mean, not neither one of those guys really needs to be there. Became Smith, Glass, McCarron. So Cody Glass goes from playing with Mikhail Granlund and Nino Niederreiter to playing with Cole Smith and Michael McCarron within the same game. I don't know if I can explain how drastic of a change that is. I mean, it's almost like playing with NHL All-Stars in one shift and then going and playing with AHL players in the next shift. I mean, that's what those players are. So it it's really pretty baffling. I mean, Cody Glass has got to... His head has to be spinning with all the changes that he's had, like in the last mo- month, the first month of the season. He has been thrown around in so many different roles. It just... It's pretty crazy. And, and the guy has played, I think, pretty well, considering that... Um. There was this. There was this situation on uh, Thursday against St. Louis where he didn't play much of the third period, and I think that John Hines was saying that he didn't. He, did, he didn't prepare. He didn't look prepared, or not not prepared. He didn't look. He was playing scared. I think is what he was saying. He's he playing scared or something like that. And um, so he didn't play, and in the in the third period, then he came back and got a top six role again on Saturday, and then. And then by the end of that game, he was with Michael McCarron and Cole Smith. So the switching, the constant switching seems to be detrimental. I I get that John Hines is trying to find something, but sometimes you just have to find, you have to, you have to strategize, okay, what kind of line do I want to have on this, in this position? How am I going to utilize this line tonight? And then he's just like switching that game plan up mid game and, not always because the team is lo- playing poorly. Like against Washington, the final score looks you know bad, three nothing shutout. But I you know they had they had a ton of chances in that game. They were generating some pretty good pretty good chances. Expected goals were pretty even actually. Um, just Darcy Kemper outplayed uh, UC Soros. So 
anyways, I, I get wanting to switch things up, but Hines need more patience with some of this stuff. And, you know, guys are just a, barely able to get going before it gets switched. Um, speaking of switch, maybe you need to switch up how you're sleeping at night. And if you want to do that, the best place to go is relax the back in Green Hills here in Nashville. If you want to live better, sleep better, and uh, sorry, live better, feel better, and sleep better every day, go to Relax the Back. They have a ton of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, for sleeping at night. We're talking about ergonomic office chairs, zero gravity chairs. All of them are perfect for getting your spine in the correct position, the zero gravity position, so you can work better every day. I went down to the store and tried out these chairs. You will not believe the difference. When you sit in one of these chairs and relax, I almost fell asleep in the store. It's so comfortable. They also have quality recovery options if you've been injured or if you're just recovering from a workout. Wedge systems, posture pillows for sleeping. Of course, mattresses that are just top of the line, high tech uh, mattresses to get you in the, the right position. So you got to check it all out at Relax the Bag in Green Hills. Go to 2020 Glen Echo Road there in Green Hills. A sleep agent is on hand every day. Glenn, he owns the store. He'll probably be there. He'll talk to you about the four pillars of wellness. Healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy healthy mind. Okay, now that brings me to the third issue, that uh, the thir- third most confusing thing right now about the Preds. And I know I just talked about switching the lines up, but I we've got to talk about why these particular four lines have not been attempted. There's not been one game with these lines, and these lines that I'm about to read to you seem to me to make the most sense... They maximize players in their pr- proper positions. They would give the Predators balance throughout the lineup. They would give the Predators speed where they need speed, shooting where they need shooting, and and physicality where they need it. So, in my opinion, the best line combination, your top line is Forsberg, Granlin, Duchesne. That line was insane last year. They did get a little luck with the shooting percentage, but those guys did not become scrubs overnight. I'll tell you this right now. Forsberg, to me, looks ready to put up another 80-point season. He looks as good as he ever has. I think every shift I watch that guy, he looks incredibly physical. He looks very good with the puck. He's playing smart. I think he's he's just not getting the results with shooting, but I think he looks the part. I, I don't understand why what's going on with uh, Granlund right now. He looks kind of the opposite. He looks flat out bad. Duchesne, somewhere in between those two. I mean, he he oftentimes Duchesne can get a little trying to do too much with the puck sometimes. One too many dekes, too much movement, you know, with his body and not enough, you know, head, heads up looking around, finding the open man. <clears throat> um, but, but Forsberg looks great. So I... Again, but I think that line was so good last year, there's really no reason to, to break it up. I mean, they, they went with this Forsberg, Johansson, Granlin thing, which, you know, I mean, those guys are those guys are good, but that line didn't put up 80 points, <laughs> have three, two 80-point guys on it last year. So I think you go back to that line. So that means that the second line would be Niederreiter, Johansson, and I'm putting Sherwood on that right. Now, we'll talk about who that winger is in just a second, but the Niederreiter-Johansson combination, I think... Just needs to stick together. Like I, I get that the last four games or so, five games or so, they've not been all that good. But the the chemistry with those two players is undeniable. I am absolutely sold that that should be a pair moving forward. Who does their other winger need to be? Sherwood would be fine. I think 
Jankowski, I don't know if you've seen this, but Jankowski's kind of lighting it up for Milwaukee. I haven't watched hardly any of the, any of the, the Admirals this year, but Jankowski seems to be like kind of a shoot-first guy, so that's fine. Uh, it, it, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter who that other winger is, uh, but they do need to have those two players, Niederreiter and Johansson, together because they, they really play well together. Um, and then... I, I don't I don't think um, it, it makes a lot of sense to just stick. What what's been happening with Hines is he's been waiting to see you know which player plays really well in the beginning of the game and then they get moved up to that line. I don't think that's the right strategy. I think that just evokes you know more of a reaction than a game plan. Uh, certainly, if someone like goes down with an injury or if there's someone that's just like off off the charts bad in the opening period, then you got to move some things move some things around, but. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to just like. Uh, oh, okay. Well, Cole Smith had a good first shift, or Zach Sanford had a good, good, good three shifts in the first period. Let's stick him with Johansson and put Nita Ryder, you know, somewhere else. <coughs> so that doesn't make sense. Well, anyways, that's the first. That's the top two lines. Third line is the herd line. Trent insistence to know. Uh, I mean, just let them do their thing. That's your de facto fourth line. They're good at it. They're going to get caved in sometimes with shot chances, but for all that they do defensively and like getting winning faceoffs and getting the puck out and getting an offensive whistle, that's that's what you want. And then they've still got some skill, so to keep that line together. And then the last line features at least one guy who's not even in Nashville right now. Why has this team not tried Cody Glass at center, Ellie Tolvin on the left, left wing side, his natural side, and then Philip Tomasino? on the right side. And that this last line is the key here. I really think it comes together with you, if you had this line because this team for a long time has been very afraid of putting together a skilled fourth line. And that is a skilled fourth line. Cody Glass, Philip Tomasino, Ellie Tolvanen. If you've seen Tomasino, he's got four goals and six games for the Admirals this season. You add that to his 32 points last year, it's a which is a, not a crazy amount. I mean, that's a modest amount, but it's a rookie year. Um, you've got a player that makes no sense scoring goals in the AHL in Philip Tomasino. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why he's there right now. He doesn't need to be there. He needs to be in Nashville because if you haven't noticed, the Predators are struggling to score goals. They have 2.4 goals per game. That ranks 29th in the league. It's a problem. You need some goal scoring. You at least need some skill. Michael McCarron is not skill. Cole Smith is not skill. Those are bodies that can, you know, make some hits. But when it comes to puck and putting the puck in the net, Tolvin and Tomasino glass is a much better line. That's why I said that the third line, the herd line, is really more of your de facto fourth. If you want to have this traditional fourth line that's like a checking line, like it's the 90s again, go with that line. If you want to have some skill in your bottom six, put Tomasino with Tolvin and Glass. We'll see if that happens. I doubt it will. But I, the, I, I think that there's there's got to be a way to maximize all the players on your lineup that makes sense. Maybe they're just waiting for Tomasino to put together like a hat trick or something in Milwaukee, and then they'll be like, oh, he's ready. He's finally ready. But, I mean, the guy's scoring goals in Milwaukee against AHL players. Surprise, we already knew he could do that. So... We'll see what happens. Um, the Preds schedule this week at Edmonton on Tuesday. 
uh, some some late games. So they get they're they're on a five game West Coast, um, well Western Canada trip, not West Coast, but Western Canada at Edmonton on Tuesday, at Calgary on Thursday, and at Vancouver on Saturday. This is a uh, a tough road trip because I mean Calgary's pretty good, <laughs> Edmonton's always tough. Vancouver's not very good, but the Predators have not played well against Vancouver. I mean, like they always seem to drop points against that team. So uh, three really tough teams, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Predators. You can check out all of our Preds coverage at a to zsports.com. Check it out there. Until then, follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean at SCSNSH. Um Sorry for the shorter episode, the abbreviated episode, but we will be back in full force next week, no doubt about it, and until then, we'll see you next time.